some days I will sit down to like knock out design detail that I've been working on for months, no matter how hard I try or no matter how long I spend in the studio. But then, you know, there are these times when I'm, I am more like connected with that and just things just happen like magic. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. If you spend any time on social media, you're probably bombarded with images of things that you need, shopping haul videos, and this time of year, gift guides. A lot of those promotions are for things with all the latest bells and whistles, and there's always some kind of new release dropping every Tuesday or something like that. It's fast fashion, and it is coming for the pet industry. But not everything is built to last or designed with intention. I sometimes see dog products and I think the person who made this has never met a dog. (laughs) And this is exactly why I'm excited to bring you a conversation with someone who actually knows dogs and knows how to design really great products that we actually need for our lives together. Jane Lee from Wildebeest created a line of no-frills, functional, everyday accessories. She's pretty much the anti-fast fashion of dog gear, and I love it. I have been using Wildebeest gear for a while now, and I can see how much attention is put into the designs so that there's nothing unnecessary. Every tab, every reflective strip, and every D-ring has a purpose. Jane told me how she finds inspiration. She told me about her design process and a day in the life of an indie pet brand owner in San Francisco. If you enjoy this interview and want to check out Wildebeest, please use code TORI15 to get a discount at wildebeest.co. Jane Lee is the founder and product designer at Wildebeest a San Francisco-based indie brand that makes no-frills, functional, everyday gear for dogs and dog lovers. Jane is also dog mom to a 13-year-old Chihuahua Terrier Rescue named Shelby. Welcome to the podcast, Jane. Hello. (laughs) How are you, Tori? I'm doing so good, and I'm really excited to talk to you because you know, I've kind of been stalking your brand for years and I love your products. And uh, recently I've been lucky enough to kind of work with you on some content and stuff. And I want to, I want to know like the whole story behind the brand, um, which I know a little bit, but not like I get, I'm going to get to know here now today. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So Wildebeest started with Shelby. Um, Shelby is my dog that um, you mentioned in the intro. Um, So my partner and I, we adopted Shelby in 2010 um, as a pup, maybe six months old or so. You know, that was already 
12 years ago, right? And this was like kind of before the whole kind of modern pet boom and before Instagram and, you know, there weren't all these really like cute dog brands that exist now. Um, so yeah, when I when we first got Shelby, I just um wanted to get her something cuter, something different, especially like we were looking for a dog bed. And you know, all I saw were these kind of brown and beige um donut shaped beds. You know, not a lot of options out there. So um I would always kind of leave the store thinking I could probably make something a little better a little more different um so I did I I just went to the fabric store um got some materials and started making a dog bed for Shelby um and she was a really shy dog in the beginning but like throughout the process of me kind of you know playing around with different materials and making her this bed she kind of really came out of her shell and yeah I kind of ended up with this really cool like shaggy textured um fleece dog bed like kind of like a mat um and yeah, around that time, a bunch of our other friends adopted dogs around the same time. So I just made a few more to see what they would think or how the dogs would respond. And yeah, it was just a really fun um, process. Uh, and yeah, it kind of inspired me to start something in the pet space. So you started with the dog bed. Um, and now that your business has been around for like 11 years or so, you no longer have the dog bed, um, but you have a variety yeah. of other products. So how did you, how did that kind of shift happen? Like when did you decide to, to pivot away from the dog bed and mm. go in a different direction? Yeah. So I I just went ahead and like I I think at the time I was also kind of not in between careers but um I had a full-time job that you know was I was kind of falling into like the same routine at this job and I think I was just I just needed something more something different um so yeah it really started as a passion project like nights and weekends kind of thing I've been trying to bring the bed back um because it is the product that I started Wildebeest with and there's still nothing like it out there and it was just a really unique um pet product and yeah I'm trying really hard to bring it back but it was a really laborious like dif difficult thing to produce um so yeah we actually went through like different 
iterations of of the beds, like in production, like just different details, how to make make it more easily. And so, yeah, we were kind of trying different things and it was just really expensive and hard to make. And when uh, we moved production from California to overseas um, a couple years ago, that's kind of really when we decided to let go of the bed for now until we can find a, a better way to make it or a place that can make it for us. I mean, nobody knows how to make this thing. Like we had to train them to to make it in the first place. So I mean we'll we'll see. We're we're trying to bring a, a version of it back. Well, I like how you explained that you kind of go through different iterations because your products to me are so thoughtfully designed and I like how it's, you you describe it as no frills dog gear. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not packed with features. Um, it's just not like the frilly features, (laughs) I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so something like the treat pouch, which is one of my favorite things, um, there just seems to be so much attention to detail. You know, it has everything essential on it, nothing unessential. Like how many iterations do you go through on something like that? Um, when, when you've kind of been making it for years, does it, does it change over the years or do you wait until it's perfect to launch it? Yeah, I, I think, um, there's definitely a pretty significant like development period, um, where we design, test, sample, tweak, and like do the whole thing over and over and over and over again, um, until we feel it's like good enough to, you know, be shown to the public. It, that doesn't mean that uh, just because a, a product launches, um, I don't consider that like to be like the the final thing necessarily. Like we're always kind of looking for, you know, places for improvement, um, and you know, or or we can make a whole new product kind of based on all those improvements that can be made. So yeah, it's uh it's it's a lot of like tweaking um of designs and, and testing and getting customers feedback, but you know, a product is always evolving, or at least that's how I see it. So yeah. Um yeah it, it seems like something like like the dog bed, you know, that was like perfect for you and you were making it yourself, but then when it's like out into the world, it's a little bit different when other people are making it or other people are using it. Um, you get different kind of feedback. I don't know. I, I'm not like that really into a lot of bells and whistles. <laughs> so I think my uh, products tend to kind of take on a more simpler form. But yeah, like you said, um, it is, you know, usually packed with these kind of different design details that are very like functionally specific and 
you know, that's kind of where we, or where I start the design process is with these like specific features that I'm trying to build into the product. So, yeah. yeah. One, one thing that I noticed, um, cause I always, I always look at everyone's website before I talk to them to kind of see what sticks out and, and I like on, I don't know which page I was looking at, but it said every product that we put out, it solves a pain point for the user. Um, and I think that's something that's so important because it's not just, oh, I want to make something that's cute, but you know, I want something that is solving a problem that people are constantly complaining about those freaking plastic poop bag holders, for example. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, everyone hates those. Let me make something that's way better. <laughs> yeah. And I really wish people, more people would uh, find us or find our products that aren't, you know, as widely available as those plastic poop bags. Like these people just don't know that these products exist. So yeah, I know it's, I still have a lot of work to do to get my products out, out there to more people. Cause yeah, once they, once they find them, like so much better. Yeah. Yeah. So, once, once they yeah. know about it, they can't live without it. And, and you kind of have a, a way of keeping them in the wildebeest family because you have something called the wild for life warranty, which I think yeah. is so unique, kind of made me think you're like the anti-fast fashion. <laughs> if there is like fast fashion dog accessories, which there are, um, you're kind of like the anti that, which I love because um, I love sustainability and you know I want to buy things that last and if something breaks, I'd rather fix it than replace it. Um, and so you have this wild for life warranty. So can you tell us about that and you know how that is part of your business? I I, I feel the same way. Um, so in a way, it was just kind of answering that personal like need for you know a, a brand or products that last. They're good quality and will last. If if it fails, it, it can be repaired. Or if not, I love this product so much, can't be fixed, then you know, you get a small disc discount from from the brand. So kind of can keep that like customer loyalty. Yeah, it started out of uh it's like what what I would want in a in a brand that I purchased from. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you do hear people that their dog chewed their leash in half or something. It does happen. It's not necessarily the fault of the leash or really anyone. It's just an accident, but yeah, it, it keeps them in the family rather than, rather than them going out and getting something different. They're like, oh, I could replace this and I get a discount on the replacement. Yeah. And still like some of our customers who have been our customers for many years, like don't know about our warranty program. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to do better at getting that word out and, you know, um, including that little message in our newsletters or so people know about it and use it. And like, I really love it when, 
I get a package of a, you know, like a collar with a broken buckle or the chewed harness from like years ago. Like, like someone will like send a color that we like discontinued like six years ago, you know, but they'll just send that collar in. Like that just made my day, you know, like it's, it's so nice seeing those things like from so many years ago and people are still using their gear and they want to get it repaired so they can keep using it. Um, that's, uh, it's always really rewarding to, to see that. Yeah, that's very cool. And and you can tell that that they they're using your stuff every day and like years later they're still using it and that is really cool just to think about. As a as a small business owner uh and a small team, you obviously have to wear a lot of hats. Um, you know, it's it's just the two of you kind of running everything of shipping and customer service and the web, the website marketing, all this stuff. So how do you, um, how do you kind of break up your day or how do you schedule your, your week? Do you have a a system or is it just kind of like whatever happens that day is what happens? Yeah, it's, (laughs) yeah, it's a lot of juggling of different tasks for sure. Um, And I think you know, now that I'm in like year 11 or whatever, um, you know, I think I've just kind of learned to be kind of disciplined with uh, my work. Um, and because I, you know, have a family and a kid, um, you know, I kind of have limited work time now. So try to be really like efficient with my time. But honestly, I have to say it's a lot of time spent on the computer, whether it's like answering emails or, you know, serving customers or, you know, managing inventory or, you know, purchasing new inventory or, you know, figuring out production with my production team overseas. It's a lot of computer work, um, but... Uh, I do set aside like three to four months in the, usually in the beginning of the year um, where I kind of go into like a creative hibernation. And that's when I just kind of put my blinders on and I kind of work on, you know, new products for, for launch later. Um, Not all of them make it to launch, but um, yeah, that's kind of when I uh, get into like a crazy scientist mode and my studio looks like there was like an explosion of just parts and fabrics and, you know, my sewing machines are going and yeah. So that's kind of the the fun, creative time of the year um, and my favorite time at my job, but yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. I'm I'm reading this book right now that's about like kind of living and and working with like the seasons or like the cycle of like the year sort of um, so that it's not like you're not constantly like producing, producing, producing every single day of the year, but there's like times where you're resting and then there's times where you're 
being creative and doing the ideation process. And then there's a time when you like actually launch it. Um, and like, that's cool to hear that you do have that kind of process. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I will say it's, it's not always that the creative juices are flowing in me. So, you know, you know, some days I will sit down to like knock out the design detail that I've been working on for months. Like it just won't happen no matter how hard I try or no matter how long I spend in the studio. But then, you know, there are these times when I'm, I am more like kind of connected with that and just things just happen like magic. Yeah. You got to like just lean into it when it's happening and not push it when it's not. So now, now that your dog Shelby is a senior, um, are you kind of getting any new inspiration, uh, having a senior dog? Is it inspiring any like different products? Good question. Yes. Yes. Um, because definitely I, I do get product inspiration from my own life with Shelby. Definitely, like there, there's a vague idea of, you know, exploring this the senior dog products, um, but yeah, I haven't kind of put that to action yet. The wheels are turning, and she's she's still, you know, she still acts like a young dog. Thankfully, um, she just turned thirteen yesterday, so. Since she's a smaller dog, um, she's probably still kind of sprightly, even at 13. Like my, I have big dogs. So at 13, they're like, (laughs) with like a cane, like walking down the hallway. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, she's definitely slowed down a lot, but you know, her, her spirits are still. So does she love exploring all over San Francisco? Because I know that a lot of your products are named after kind of different places in San Francisco. So do you guys like to go all over the place together? Yeah, we do. And especially since she has gotten older, we try to make it a point to include her in more family outings. Um, And, you know, we take her on all the road trips and, and stuff. But um, yeah, like we actually do a fair, fair amount of walking around the city um yeah we we walk to work my my uh I live and work in the same neighborhood but it's it's a nice walk and yeah we we like to explore and get some fresh air and good sniffs and you know get inspired so yeah we love being out San Francisco seems like a very dog friendly place my sister actually lives there um, she's near Alamo square park. And so she, um, she had a boxer and he just passed away this summer, unfortunately, but her, her dog walker would take like his pack of dogs up to the park there every afternoon. And her dog would have all these dog friends there that she had never met. Um, but like, they would know each other when, when she would run into them, like, you know, in the morning or in the evenings or something, it just seemed like a great dog culture. That's fun. I know. I I love it when you like go to the park and you know, all the like dogs names and, but not the people's 
Yeah, yeah that that's usually I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I have all, all the dog parts. Yeah, that's my goal. I would rather know the dogs' names than the people's names, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um. People. Well, Jane, it's been so great learning about kind of like your creative process and just like the. I guess like the culture behind wildebeest, I guess is what I would call it. You have such a, such a unique approach, I think in the dog product space. Um, so it's really fun to talk about, but could you tell people where to go to learn more and see your products? Yeah. Um, uh, on our website, wildebeest.co, W-I-L-D-E-B-E-E-S-T.co, or you can follow us on Instagram at wildebeest underscore co. Awesome. Well, everyone go, go check it out. Like I said, I love, um, so many wildebeest products, so I definitely recommend them, um, for you and your dog. So thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was nice talking to you. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or Join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.